0: Hello, friends. Thank you so much for joining me for another great interview. This month, I am super excited to introduce to you Jack West, who's a Care Recovery Pastor at Mariner's Church. We're dear friends. We've been working together for six years at Mariners and had just so many great experiences as we work together to minister uh, to the people who attend Mariners Church in probably the most difficult seasons of their lives. Mm -hmm. I have a great deal of respect for Jack. Let me tell you a little bit about Jack. Like I said, he's the care recovery pastor at Mariners Church. He's been there for six years. And before that, he worked seven years in the East Coast doing a similar job. So 13 Mm -hmm. years of experience caring for the those who are hurting, and I know that's a huge weight, and uh, Jack carries it so well. I, from my experience with him at Mariners Church, I was on the care recovery team before he came, and after him, boy, mm-hmm. what a difference! that experience is and jack i love your heart for people let me tell people about you a little bit more he is married to his wife beautiful wife julie and he has three beautiful children vivian anderson and elizabeth and so jack's very busy (laughs) running around Uh doing his work and uh, thank you thank you for your time jack thank you for joining us i know you will bless our community with what we have to talk about today And we're gonna talk about this idea of the mental health uh, of all of us through this season of COVID, especially as we walk towards the season of uh, the holidays. And so, Jack, welcome.
1: Thank you, Inez. I echo the sentiment this is an honor to be together and do this form of ministry. We've had so many um, fun and exciting experiences together. Um, Blue Christmas is one we've been on uh, faith adventures uh it's been it's really fun to be here with you um and you're right this is a season of um of challenge like of no other like I've never experienced I think probably you as well and so many of us are in uncharted territory and that sounds trite because um, it's probably been said so much but it's so true we are all in this uh together in the storm
0: Yeah, I want to start with you, because being in the position that you're in, you're carrying an enormous amount of weight. You're kind of, you know, a first responder. You're on the front line, and I wanted to talk a little bit about what this has been for you as a pastor, how things have changed in your role and the things that you're doing now versus what you were doing before. What do you see uh, in Mm -hmm. the community, and how are you taking care of yourself? I know that's a lot of questions, but I just want to start with, tell us more about what is it's like for you.
1: Well, that's, uh, so like I said, unprecedented. Uh, the, the unique thing about this season for me is that I'm not seeing things that are different in terms of presentation, whether that's mental health symptoms or people's, the, the condition of people's lives, it's just more. So it's mm-hmm. like the tide is rising. So it's this sort of increase of, um, of what we feel uh the fragility that we have and just the the way that that expresses itself through with the way things break down in our lives so if like if i have anxiety if i was wrestling with that before covid it's just you know heightened right so it's the the t- the water levels rising for everybody um for for me personally um it's the same so Uh, you know like and I think just water rising uh, the the tide of my own grief comes in at the end of the year anyway Mm. and that's true for a lot of people and now I've got we've got more force behind that movement because of what's happening on the ground around us in terms of covid and the losses we've experienced and so um in the midst of that for me taking care of myself has never been more important and i've come back to um self-care is no longer an option like and it kind of it's always you know in my sense uh, critical to the task of but you have more in, in, in normal time you have more margin right so you can i can i can kind of put off things or i can take a week off of of some of those practices but now it's actually you know, those things actually keep me grounded um, in a way that if I did not do them, uh, I would I would definitely not be um, functioning right now, just to be so quite what honest. With you. Are,
0: what are some of those things? What are you doing to care for yourself?
1: Well, the one, first thing I, I actually really paid close attention to in the very beginning from a mentor of mine who introduced me to the, um, in through therapy that I've actually done for myself, understanding how stress impacts the body. So whether that's good stress or distress, you know, the kind of stress that is, uh, from anxiety and pain, um, it all impacts your, my physiology. And so I realize that, that my body, um, and my nervous system, um, revs up, like there's, a, there's a noticeable feel that I have. So there's tightness in the chest, there's tightness in my neck, there's limbs in different instances and different types of emotions can, my limbs can get more tight. So I realize that after coming off of a really good day where, where positive things were happening and, and work was really good or a day where, you know, the, the day just took, took the air out of, out of me. I've got to land my body. I've got to, I've got to put practices in place like walking slow. Um, I've done yoga practices. I'm not, not in a studio, but I've um, learned the movements and the movements that are critical to keeping my body flexible. Mm. Um, time without stimulation is really important i mean it just, I, that for me that's, that's so like got off social media um uh, i have spent time in the morning just quiet like i you know like i said i have three kids like it's really hard to find quiet space in my house yeah. but i realize i have to i have to get up early and do that because if i don't then i recognize the impact on my body and things start to deteriorate and I, first thing i notice is just my my thinking and <laughs> you know, then um, the way that deteriorates, and, and there's, um, you know, negative uh, thoughts that, that don't seem to, I, I can I can keep at bay. And then, of course, the physical symptoms as well.
0: You, you said something earlier, you said walking slow. Um, mm, yeah. Normally, people say, you know, walk fast, it's a good way to get rid of energy, but walking yeah. slow. <laughs> what does that mean? Are you, like, physically trying to force yourself to slow down?
1: Yes, and that's it. It's what it's called. The nervous system has two aspects of it. There's the sympathetic side of the nervous system, which is sort of the gas, which is sort of arousal, you know, excitation. So, you know, and sympathetic charge would we would use our nervous system to promote muscle movement like it's and and then there's parasympathetic charge, which is that sort of of, um, engagement in the nervous system, which slows it down. Mm -hmm. And so walking very slow and i mean painfully slow i do this at night because if you saw me doing this during the day you'd you'd think i was disoriented (laughs) or or probably something was wrong (laughs) is it like the
0: the tai chi kind of movements that are like really robotic kind of feel
1: well it's very so it it is very slow and it's very uniform and purposeful but i try to maintain a relaxed physiology and Mm so it's almost like um yeah, it's it. It kind of looks a little bit like that, but it's I'm not I'm not, I'm trying to do as little muscle contraction as possible, mm-hmm. and the bilateral movement is another part of that which actually soothes the nervous system. So it's the comp- ambulatory, you know, sort of engagement, which is that walking, you know, slow walking is, is a way that that God designed our bodies to actually reduce the the, the sympathetic charge and, and and bring our physiology to a, a rest, which yeah. is pretty profound because we're actually moving, but because of the way our our mind and our body works in in both hemispheres need to be engaged in that slow, purposeful movement, it can bring the mind and the physical body to rest, which is very important.
0: Uh, And, you know, obviously you're on the front line, you're dealing with a lot all day long. And if you don't Mm -hmm. find a way to like unwind that somehow, it'll do obviously a great deal damage to you, which means you can't help others. So that's right. Thank you first of all for modeling self-care and kind of giving us a picture of what does it look like <clears throat> to look for ways to to you know have self-care for ourselves. So yeah. those are great great tips and I'm grateful you do that because I'm thinking I, I think you and I talked about this uh, earlier how uh, you know and, and we don't want to um, compare you to a fireman because they're very different roles but you know there's a sense of you're out there helping people. While, mm-hmm. you know, maybe putting out fires While your house is on fire And it's not that it's yeah. wrong with your family or any of that But you're a person dealing with These situations as well You're, you're living out we're, we're all living out this experience Which in one way is a positive uh, But the negative side of it is that We're all dealing with the experience Including those who are caring for others And so yes. self-care is so important
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: Yeah, thank you for modeling right. that Now Let's look back at 2020 and kind of like the journey that we have walked through emotionally. And like you said, mm-hmm. people's whatever they were dealing with or however they were dealing with their sh- challenges, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like it went away and it's not like it became something new. It's it was just it got heightened. And right. so tell me a little bit more about that and how you know how you've seen people respond uh, and, and what do you see in the mental health situation out there right now?
1: Yeah, when I look back at 2020 and I look back at the beginning of the pandemic it was you know we didn't know exactly how it was going to pan out so we we, we felt like the horizon was located in one place and as we kept walking and we kept moving it you know it's that false horizon which in a, in a hiker's world is, is can be disheartening especially if you're coming up a very steep incline and you're coming to the to the, to the end of what you thought you needed to put out to get to that point and then it you realize oh there's another peak or there's another there's another horizon that's that's further out and i think that that is what's been happening over and over again yeah. like i think that's happened more than once and, and, and early in early and it was you know when we thought the the lockdown in the beginning right the 15 day lockdown can you, if you can re- remember that we actually thought it was going to be Two or three weeks, or something like that, and we got to the end of that, and we realized, okay, that we haven't made a dent. The curve hasn't flattened. Okay, now there's another, you know, another set of implement, you know, things, and I think that 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 just heightened. Um, well, first of all, the uncertainty heightens everyone's anxiety. So if I had anxiety coming in, it's it's going to be heightened by sort of the uncertainty of the future, and then we keep we keep hitting these sort of false horizons, if you will, or peaks, and there's that disappointment. So if I had sadness and, and struggle with depression um, before, these sort of losses, if you will, or or deep disappointments that come are going to just hit, you know, land on top of that pile. Yeah. So oh, good, you know, because
0: it, I think what you're pointing yeah. to is we can all we all have the ability to endure. Mm -hmm. Up to a certain point, like we can, we can psych ourselves out, you know, like, okay, I will make it because it's this much time and then it'll be better. The light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. And then Mm -hmm. you get into the tunnel and the light just keeps moving. (laughs) You're moving, it's moving and you're not, you're not reaching it. Um, Say we find it to be harder. I immediately came to mind. I ran a half marathon many, many years ago down, um, towards uh, Carlsbad, Uh, um, And up Torrey Pine, which is a super high hill. And I thought I was such a rock star. I made it up that hill, made it down the hill. And I thought I was going to be downhill the rest of the race. But no, there were several other hills after. And the last hill nearly killed me. I mean, it was so hard. So mm. those are the pictures that came to me this idea we think, okay, we climbed that hill. We're on the other side. It's going to be better now. It's going to end. And then there's another hill and another hill and another right. hill. And, uh, you know, do you see people like just wanting to quit?
1: Yes. And, and you see the coping skills, right? So mm-hmm. everybody came to the start line, if you will, of this whole thing with a, a way of dealing with, you know, disappointment, anxiety, mm-hmm. loss. Um, and then and some of those things were, you know, okay, healthy, some of them were, you know, nego- like negligibly healthy, and some of them were just downright toxic. And, and were, we were already heading down a path of a destructive path. And so those ways of coping, of ways of getting over the next hill or dealing with the fact that we're not yet over and we thought we were, you know, just sort of were enhanced. And so we saw, I saw, we saw a lot of people and have seen a lot of people who had sobriety, lost their sobriety because they went back to some of those old coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. I mean, years and years of sobriety. Um, And we saw people who, you know, didn't have necessarily an unhealthy relationship with food um now it became unhealthy or maybe their their drinking was manageable or at least within the realm of uh of um of health and and then now it's it's become a crutch and it's not an addiction but it's definitely something that these they have become dependent upon and and that applies to all the various ways that we cope right Mm -hmm. social media you know distract other forms of distraction and all these things are now are now blossoming because we have this in one way in sense, like we have this fright, this constant news um, feed that's telling us bad news and we don't really have a way to escape it. Yeah. Like there's no, you know, like there's no vacation. There's no place we can go. And even, I mean, think about now as we've gone back into more restrictions, which is going to bring up memories of, of the earlier this year. Um, wow. That, I just really, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That, like, yeah. Uh, so, it, and it, so even the best of us, even now, as we go back backward in California and many places in the country, we're almost having to we're, we're dipping back into some of those old feelings of being mm-hmm. trapped.
0: And, you know, you uh, have the issue of endurance, which, you know, mm-hmm. I think is what you're talking about, enduring difficulty and a challenge, which yes. has its own right, its own pattern. How do we deal with that? But you layer that with loss. This year, we've lost so many things. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people have lost their their businesses, their jobs, relationships, marriages imploding, financial catastrophe for for so many. Um, People have actually lost loved ones. You know, obviously, thousands of people have died over COVID. Um, And so then you've got loss and the grief. So one is endurance, which is hard enough. But then you add grief to that. Talk
1: to me about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Well, I would, I mean, I would say endurance is the category that, that just everybody's working with, in, with regard to how, how am I going to get through this with the resources that I, I have or that I can, I can put together and, and, and grief is then I think the process by which we all emotionally um, come through this event mm-hmm. um, and, and in the, the event isn't necessarily just 2020. It's, it's, you know, our 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 society our communities coming through having had a a way that life worked um it was somewhat predictable and dependable and then all of that was shattered And, Mm -hmm. and there's no getting out of that right so then that that necessarily puts us into these these stages of grief which i think a lot of us are familiar with some some great material um the first stage is denial so i think that was a big part of what we saw early COVID, you know, is it 15 weeks, you know, so this idea that like, we can we can handle it, it's or it's not a problem. Now, I think we're probably more in the stage of, of, of um, bargaining, which is the second stage, mm-hmm. um, kind of that idea of like, how, do, how could it have been different? What if we'd done this, maybe it isn't really that bad, we kind of vacillate between accepting the fact that it's here, and that we've lost something and then wondering, yeah, maybe maybe it isn't quite that bad. You
0: know? it feels like we've been bargaining all year. <laughs> like we, right. And we've been, sure. we've been bargaining with the problem and bargaining mm-hmm. with each other. And it's yeah. like, no, it's not that big a deal in, we're trying to find people who will agree with us in our own bargaining mm-hmm. journey, which is yeah. different than, you know, typical, you know, when someone is grieving, they're alone. They're, they're, let's mm-hmm. say, even to say a family might be grieving the loss of a loved one, yeah. a group of people. But, but when you have everyone grieving collectively mm-hmm. and bargaining differently or being in different yeah. stages of bargaining, uh, it kind of creates a culture of bargaining. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, we're living in that. We're all trying to, well, is that confusing? It, it's yeah. so confusing right now to know, um, like, which way is right, you know, what's right. the right thing to do? So what, it, what a disorienting experience it is to be in that bargaining stage. Yeah. denial seems a bit bliss because at least we're we're a little disconnected from the reality. But once we are right now, we cannot ignore the reality of what we're dealing with. So we're trying to cope with it in a different mm-hmm. way. So, okay. So I, um,
1: and there's anger. Don't forget about anger. I forgot about that one. That one's okay. just between denial and bargaining. And, and there's plenty of that to go around and know yes. how, how, how committed we are to, to pushing against and fighting, uh, the reality that we, you know, that we're facing.
0: Yes. And now, uh, okay, so then now, by the way, I want to show our friends uh, the books um, that talk Mm -hmm. about these different stages of faith because I knew we were going to talk about this, so I prepared ahead. Uh, So guys, this book on grief and grieving, it's fantastic. Um, Mm. And it kind of covers these stages of grief. Um, And so if you want to check this out on Amazon, it's really wonderful. And Elizabeth passed away. But Mm -hmm. David um, requested permission from the family to continue on the work on this research that they did on grief, Mm -hmm. and he wanted to add a sixth stage. Um, And so he came up with this book, which just came out this year, called Finding Mm. Meaning, uh, which he says is a sixth stage. You can see the little stages here, and he he came up with the last stage. But So you've talked us through uh, denial, anger, bargaining. bargaining, and if we're in the bargaining stage, what comes next?
1: Sadness. Sorrow.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's that's slipping into the place that we ultimately need to come to mm-hmm. in order to find um, that meaning that's on the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and of course, acceptance comes after sadness. But I think meaning is, is, a, is a beautiful category to put as a sixth stage. But ultimately, it comes through the threshold of the sorrow.
0: Yes. Now, I, I know that these stages aren't linear. Sometimes we experience them out of order or one longer than the other. We might cycle through mm-hmm. them again. But but collectively, like you say, if we're in this sort of a denial for 2020 or excuse me, not denial, on um, bargaining. right? Bargaining. We're still trying. By the way, just last just yesterday, we there's an event coming up for Christmas for an organization I'm involved with. And we're all trying to literally by email bargaining back and forth about whether or not we should have this event and is it outside and how many people do we wear a mask i mean so yeah. it's like we're constantly trying to cope with this reality yeah. um and ultimately the event was decided they decided to cancel it so oh, i think wow. to this morning i woke up with a sadness this is such a special mm-hmm. event we do it every year and we're not going to be together and and i feel like this this is a picture of what we might be looking forward to 2021, a sense of mm-hmm. maybe we're all coping mm-hmm. right now. But but hey, what comes next is it's it might be it might bring some sadness. So would you prepare us for that a little bit? What yeah. might it be like?
1: Well, I, you know, sadness is gets a I think in sorrow certainly gets a, a, bad, a bad rap because our bodies really resist um, it at a deep level because it is somewhat of a, it. it intuitively it's a dissolution it's sort of a sort of a coming undone you know that that feeling of like unraveling a bit and we we resist that and i think a lot of times we do that because we feel as as though we are doing this alone and you know, intuitively, if we are alone and you come apart and there's no one to put you back together, then that that's a dangerous thing. Yeah. So um, that's why it's easier to grieve when we're – it's a, easier to allow ourselves to feel that sorrow when we're around others, mm. especially others who are there and who are willing to be empathetic and to to bear that burden of sorrow with us. And, the, I mean, somewhat of the silver lining all this is that we're all going through it. You know, this right. is – we're all in the same storm as one person told me Um, we're not all in the same boat but we're in the same storm and so there's this common experience that we can share there everyone has lost something uh, in this experience and so i think that's the the, you know the the communal aspect of it allows gives our our body the fact that we're not alone in our grief gives us our body that signal that we can't enter the sorrow Mm -hmm. and like we said, it's not a linear process, so um, I don't think we should just wait for a time that we're suddenly going to feel sad. I think we can tap into that sadness at any time, underneath the anger, perhaps, behind the bargaining, um, you know certainly certainly behind the denial uh if we we think about the ways in which we don't want to be here, yeah. uh, and really, why is that? Well, because there's something here that 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 feels unsettling and and sad yeah it's good. We can you know. do that. We can do we can do it together.
0: yeah, in fact, I, as as I'm hearing you talk, how important it is, we started this talking about how you self-care, which was really modeling for us the importance of our self-care. Um, mm-hmm. and to to be in touch with our feelings and be okay with these various messy stages <clears throat> and be willing to talk about it with others because we are we are all to some extent having enough of a similar experience that it feels like we're not you know it's easier to feel not alone in this situation right. and therefore I think everyone can relate with okay today I'm frustrated or I'm sad or I'm angry or I'm I'm trying to find my way and some people are like I'm optimistic I'm on the other side of mm-hmm. the, you know it's okay that we're all in different stages because we're all we've all been there in a way yeah um we're all together in that now do you think that there is a like a shoe that hasn't dropped yet like there is people are coping and dealing with it but yeah. but but that as this especially now that we're becoming more aware of how much this is going to drag on like here you know with the, the new closures the increase um numbers of covid um there's a sense of like okay there's a vaccine coming but it's going to take a while before that actually gets to everyone and so it's like like you say the 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 light at the end of the tunnel this just got further and further away and is there is there um is there like a a, a, should we be prepared especially for those of us who have loved ones who are Mm -hmm. who are in a very delicate situation should we be prepared for um maybe a a bit more harder time, a more emotional dip, shall I say? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how how do we prepare and how do we care for those we love? Care, care for ourselves, you kind of gave us that picture, but how do we care for yeah. those we love who are probably going to go further down in this hole?
1: Yeah. Well, I think one of the, the, the when we think about, perhaps going through another round of this or, or something that's, you know, another horizon that we're, we're going to get to that, that puts us further, where we feel further away from the end of the tunnel or the light at the end of the tunnel. I think anxiety is going to have to be a, a big, we have to be very aware of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and anxiety w- works on us at, at very low frequency. If you think about it, like um, <laughs> one of the most, it, the physical example of this in terms of just sort of but one of the most difficult things on a, on a human physiology is driving a car because the vibrations are so um so they're so um uh, minute but they always keep the muscles um uh taxed and so if you've ever driven for eight hours you get out of the car and you you're you know you're the just spent. You, yeah because you and you just sat there but you know a doctor someone's told me this analogy it's because there's there's this constant sort of low grade vibration that's going on all the time well anxiety as an emotion kind of works that way on us in in times like these where really we just we every time you open up your your news feed you're just not sure what you're going to see and 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 the, the 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 span or the realm of what we've experienced in terms of the number of deaths the you know, the, the, the lockdowns, you know, the extremity of our situation, we're just sort of prepared uh, for, or we think we are, but it's that, that anxiety is what is what our body is just trying to keep us sort of vigilant and ready for what's going to come next.
0: And that's exhausting. So
1: yes, yeah, <laughs> totally exhausting. This is why I walk slow at night and I look like it, <laughs> like, like, I, like I'm lost and dazed and confused. Because there's just a way that we have to unload that on a daily basis. I think we just have to be able to say, and we have to look out for others who struggle with anxiety and, and recognize that whether you did before or not, it's it's a factor. And we have to give ourselves the compassion to be anxious. And this is really hard, I think, in Christian circles because we're, you know, be anxious about nothing. Trust, the, I mean, anxiety or fear is almost like, like a, a scene like as a sign of faith. Of faith. Yeah. Like like I'm doing it wrong. Like I'm, I'm just getting life wrong. And look, here's another thing that I, that isn't working this year for me is my faith, Mm -hmm. you know? And and that's not the case. That's not the case at all, because we don't get to choose um, how our bodies respond to our environment. Mm -hmm. And in in terms at this level, at this sort of sensory level. And so we, we only get to choose what we do with it. And so caring for it, not judging it, being compassionate of others who are anxious, who, you know, uh, and anxiety can look different. It doesn't look like just sitting there wringing my hands. It can be anger, like real, uh, like a hair trigger on our anger. Um, mm-hmm. It could be just shutting down, like I, you know, I'm flat out. Like I don't, I'm not high, and I'm I'm just trying to basically, you know, uh, maintain. And so I don't, I don't engage in in things. And so anxiety can turn into a depressive kind of feature or mm-hmm. presentation. So anxiety takes a lot of different um, forms, but ultimately, it's got to be dealt with. Um, care, um, compassion, physical touch, uh, physical, you know, ways we address our body, whether that's um, getting adequate sleep, which, you know, sometimes it's hard with anxiety, um, but doing the best that we can in order to manage that uh, effectively.
0: Deep, deep breaths.
1: <laughs> like yes. taking breathing, as- yeah, core.
0: You know, and obviously anxiety has a little bit of a stigma. I think people... Um, they don't want to associate themselves if they don't have an anxiety issue then I think some people are like well, I'm not like that I don't have that problem you know right. and I think anxiety is one of those things where like it will see it will be seen it can't mm-hmm. be ignored it will show itself when you yeah. least expect it I, I have a dear friend who had uh, her first panic attack it was so startling to her and But as she learned to understand her body and how things were working, she realized that when the feelings would start to come up, Mm -hmm. she not embraced them. I'm not saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm having an anxiety attack, but but more like, okay, I'm anxious. It's okay Mm -hmm. that I'm okay. I'm going to be okay, but I get to ride this wave and kind of work with yourself. at w- she would work with herself, breathing. She would mm-hmm. touch her forehead, did different things to kind of just be in the moment. Um, yeah. and that would help her through it because the more we fight it, the worse it gets. Right. That's what she said. She's like, it, just, it would just get worse. If I ignored mm-hmm. it or I pushed it away, it would just get worse. And so, you know, it sounds like during this season, what you're really kind of calling us to is to be very aware of where we are. I remember when we did a blue Christmas service, you talked about standing in the ground that we're on, like being in Mm -hmm. the present and really being there and and feeling the feelings and and having the thoughts. And can you tell us a little bit about that again and why that's so important, especially in a time like this?
1: Yeah, I I mean, being present is probably being ourselves (laughs) is the hardest thing a human being can do and being present. In in the in in the moment is also a part of that. It's just it's the most incredibly courageous thing to do, and also the hardest thing to do, mm-hmm. and and hard in the sense that um, it's it's we have to let go, uh, and and that's oftentimes the, the most difficult thing. We have to let go of 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 the way the past has shaped us and what 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 we believe because of that shaping the future holds mm-hmm. and really be present to what's happening right now. Now it doesn't mean that the past goes away or that somehow you know we don't we can somehow n- not think about the future. It just means that in order to be present, we have to let go of those things and then those things come back to us in a way that actually helps us move forward, mm-hmm. which means we're not bound to the past. Um, and we can step into the future with hope. And I think being the the difficult thing about being present is something we talked about before. Is that to be present is always to face one half of life, which is is loss, and the other half, which is 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 gift. I mean, if you just you wanted to divide divide it into those two things, and we've talked already about how difficult it is to face all the losses that this season has presented us, and and that's part of being present is to be able to say yes i have lost and and that there's a there's a journey i have to go through that to process it to come to the other side to come to acceptance and i have to go through all these different stages in different in different seasons or different times during this season and that's a part of being present
0: you know what now, I, What just came to mind jack is th- for example you know those who went through world war Two. You know, mm-hmm. and collectively, a nation or you know, people went through an experience together. It kind mm-hmm. of bonded them in a special way, right? I mean, there, yeah. there's something about going through an experience like this collectively that that in, in a silver lining manner kind yeah. of brings us together uh, uniquely, and it's mm-hmm. and it's very impactful for the future. So that idea of being willing to be present for ourselves, yeah. but other also for others. Actually, then perhaps can become a way of bonding with one another in, in in a different way, right?
1: Yes, and that I think that that bonding that happens by being present to our reality because we can only find each other. Um, Truly, find each other in that 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 bond of, of community, friendship, family by being present to our reality, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's where then we find this resource, the, the togetherness, the relationships to face whatever comes next, whatever the newsfeed brings us, and I think that's the, the 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 unique biblical hope that we have. It's not biblical well, hope isn't based on our desire for what we want of the future. It's based on God's activity to redeem uh, the past and, and the present and the future. And so when we come together, we're coming together to affirm that, that projected redemption in the future together. And therefore, whatever comes tomorrow, whatever comes on the newsfeed, feed, we, we have hope. Yeah. And we have the ability to, to, to be sustained in community uh, because of that, that unique kind of hope that isn't just based on, on, on optimism. for lack of a better term. And I think that's one of the things that's so dangerous about American optimism is it's its opposition to hope, true hope. And so we have this opportunity to really be present to our situation. And all that that means, find each other in that connection and then step into the future that, that God is active in creating.
0: Let me rewind you back. Yeah. Optimism that is opposed to hope. Yes. Unpack that a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Well, optimism, American optimism in that f- form of it is really based on sort of our ability because we are um, a very developed nation. We have a lot of power in terms of on the, you know, it, it, you know it, in socially, even there's a lot of us, who, you know, who we, we, we can buy our way out of things. We can we can move around. You know, we're not we're not, we're not, our, our society is, is, is free when you look at it compared to most societies on the planet. There's, there's just a lot of movement, forward movement that sort of built into our psyche <laughs> that is possible, right? <laughs> and it's all based on our ability to pull it off, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a form, I mean, sometimes that form of optimism is, is freeing. I mean, I think about countries around the world where they don't have that kind of optimism right. and, and it's debilitating, right? So I'm not like, trashing it i'm just saying it's not hope (laughs) (laughs) it's It's, different it is its own form of 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 motivation but it is not ultimately this very profound um way of living um the hope which is really comes out of faith and faith in god faith in his ability to he's done what he needs to do to bring about redemption and he will do it again and so it's that kind of uh, that type of hope that's really cultivated in relationship with others who are willing to put their feet on the ground because hope always stands in opposition to the facts on the ground as well mm-hmm. I mean that's a hopeful hope right that's that's what we see because that's you know um, hope that we can see isn't hope I mean Paul Paul said that so it's, it's this is opposition to what's to, to the, the goodness in the future is really coming uh, against what we see on the ground but there's still this ability to, to project what God's going to do forward into the future. Because we've we're connected in relationship, we have this sort of bond and, of 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 grief and of loss and of knowing that God is going to make things right.
0: Yeah, and in fact, we're headed towards Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. Christmas holidays, and um, you know already it's going to change for us here because of all the closures and such, and you know the new restrictions, but. How do we engage with our loved ones in this season, whether we're sitting across the table or meeting through Zoom? Like, what what is our posture in a time like this? What what, what should it look like so that it's yeah. fruitful? Because, you know, the elections, we didn't even touch the elections, right? And how that, <laughs> that has brought all kinds of divisions in family. In my own family, we have yeah. five adult children, all of them married. So that's 10 adults. And nine grandchildren, and uh, some of them are, you know, 16 and older. And so we've got all these different views in our own family, and we're not all going to gather together the way we normally have this year because some of them are not going to travel. And I mean, there's just complication this year. How how do we go? Uh, Give us a a word for Thanksgiving.
1: (laughs) Well, I think so. What I said before about hope and about community, and you know, it not being based on our desire and and the future is really something that God is, you know, is creating for us and we're stepping into. And it's, it's, it's something that he's already done. I mean, all that's is like, really like sounds great. But then like, how do you actually live out of <laughs> Well, <laughs> what you just described is the perfect place to take practical steps of saying, okay, whatever, whatever we desire for the future, whether that was your person, you know, in the office of, president or or, you know your elected official that you know that you voted for i mean that's a preferred future that that we all sort of invested in and yet that is that is not what is going to bring hope that is not the future that that god is necessarily um that we're banking on right Mm -hmm. now is he creating that is he working through those elected officials and those choices or, or you know even the broken decisions that have got us to this point in COVID, like all the things that have gone wrong and some that have gone right all we have we believe that god is working in all of that that's an active perspective of of hope that based on what i said before what we said but then can i can i use that that vision to turn to the person next to me and say what matters is is our love for each other in, in the original bond, even if we have to go back to the original bond that exists between us of love, that supersedes anything that 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 comes with regard to my desire for who's in office, mm-hmm. or you know what I what I thought the economic possibilities were if this and this happened this year. All of that stands outside of or periphery to this bond that we can return to with each other and say I I I will honor and love and respect that bond of love between us over all else in the world and we could just say that we could declare that to each other and we could say all we're going to these things are important it doesn't mean they don't matter and it doesn't mean that we weren't invested in them but they're all periphery to what we have here Mm -hmm. and so in some ways you know the the meal of thanksgiving can become um can be almost become a, a sacrament together it can become a place where we say this meal and our ability to declare our love no matter what over and above all these other things that we've been through this year and invested in this comes first and our sharing this meal is a is an outward sign of that inward grace that's a sacrament right and so to me that's that's the the activity of posture that brings about that kind of hope in our lives
0: kind of a commitment to okay we're going to be together no matter these things come and go yes we're going to be together Mm mm-hmm Yes, I'm committing to. it. Be-
1: forgiveness will have to be offered. <laughs> you don't have to say it. Yes. But if you're going to show up and say those words, you will have to do it. Yeah. And you may have already had to do it. You may have to forgive them for their, their election choice. I don't care what side of the aisle it is. Yeah. You have to forgive them for you know how they've ignored the mask protocols or you know whatever the offense is. We have to arrive at that in order for that to be a, a, a sacrament that we take together in one sense. Um, we've got we gotta have forgiveness in, in the face of all that. I mean, there's something very biblical about that, you know that forgiveness that the table of undeserving friends is what one friend would say. That's how we should approach Thanksgiving.
0: Oh, that's beautiful, but they're friends or obviously loved ones.
1: Loved ones, yeah. Loved ones, yes. And honestly, we don't really deserve each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, every, everything we put each other through.
0: Yes. Well, and the 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 beauty and commitment to saying, mm-hmm. "I'm going to walk with you on this journey," uh, mm-hmm. even even if it looks really messy or we're in different sides of this situation or different views, I'm committing to our relationship above or all else. Yes. Um, what what an impactful thing to say to one another to be willing yes. to to make that commitment to one another it is it's so soothing, you know. Yes. Yes. Oh, beautiful. And you know, and I, think say, it,
1: I think it can happen on the screen even if it's not in person. I think they, if we that's choose. What I was
0: gonna say, what about those who yeah, are zooming?
1: <laughs> I think if you if you can make that declaration, if you have the boldness to make that declaration and say it doesn't matter, you know we're going to realign our the nature of our gathering around just this original bond and name all the things, you know, or just lump all the things you disagree about. And I have disagreements with my, my family, as you do, you know, we all have in terms of this election season and even how this pandemic has played out. And, um, but that, that all is periphery to the original bond I have with them, which is, you know, they're my family and I, and I've already committed to love them.
0: Oh, Jack, that is so beautiful. I love that. What a great vision for how to, um, how to walk this journey together, kind of locking hands with one another and say, okay, we're, we're mm. going to do this, but we're going to be de- yeah. at the end of this, we're going to be together. And yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for this. I, um, I am so grateful for this time that we had together and uh, I know there's a lot more we can talk about, but um, I think this is one of those things where it just, you have to let it sink in and Mm. put into practice. So let me just recap what I heard and learned from you today. One is the importance of self-care and Mm -hmm. and recognizing that the things that are happening are affecting us physically and emotionally Mm -hmm. and obviously spiritually. And Mm -hmm. uh, to not ignore those, but to actually take time to do some self-care, because we will look for something to make ourselves feel better. And if we're not intentional, we will use Mm -hmm. things that are not good for us, right? Whatever our go-to escape that we know is not good for us will always be there, tempting us to go that direction. But we Mm -hmm. can be intentional with um, other things that we know are better for us. Uh, so I, I, that was a huge takeaway. The other is to recognize that we're all in some way not only trying to endure but grieving mm-hmm. at the same time and that um, that in, that as bad as that is we're also doing it together and that's a good thing. And, and then to say okay we're going to commit to that togetherness above and beyond whatever else is happening and um, mm-hmm. Which means we can encourage one another. We can uh, carry each other's burdens. We can. I, I know in my family, nothing is more be- would be more beautiful. And I, I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to definitely try to lead that at our, t- at our table, which will include some people on Zoom. Which is mm-hmm. to say, let's just spend some time affirming one another mm-hmm. and how important we are to each other, and how much our relationships. Are exactly what's going to pull us through this difficult season, as opposed to the opposite. And mm-hmm. making that commitment to one another, and, and like you say, being willing to forgive—that's a lot of right. good stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Jack, any parting words before we close this time?
1: Uh, well, it's been an honor uh, to talk with you. I think this conversation, like you said, we could go—we could go longer, because we were not through this yet. I mean, there. This is. You know, I just look back at all the times we've thought, okay, you know, we're, we're coming to some, some, some sort of, you know, inflection point, and it turns out it's, it's up instead of down. <laughs> so I love what you're doing. I appreciate the conversation. I think um, we have to be, do this together. I, I think, and that's the, the beauty of the, the race is that it, it's, to me, honestly, it feels like we're coming closer together. Um, people are, are, are beginning to see how, how much they need each other. Uh, how much they need community and so that's the beautiful beautiful fruit of all this that i see so far is that there's just this going to be this harvest of community uh, of recognizing our deep sense of our need for belonging and the fact that we actually do belong um yeah. you know that we're not alone um so yeah.
0: and we need to look for those who are isolated um, mm-hmm. Or isolating, right, and help yes. them see that. So that is so good. In fact, I want to just, you know, give a shout out that you're we're doing the blue Christmas service again yeah. this year. But how special, right? It will be, and yes. how, we don't even know how it's going to look because of all the different restrictions. So we're 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 like pivoting. pivoting you no, know, it's going
1: to be outside <laughs> uh, it, on on the seventh of December um, yeah. at seven p.m at Mariner's Church. It'll be outside. Originally, we thought we might do it inside, but we're going to we're gonna do it outside to to, to, to honor safety.
0: Well, so then the two two wonderful things to keep in mind for that, and that is yeah. bring a nice warm jacket and stand real, you know, be close to those who you love. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Make sure you have somebody that you come with you that you're willing to get close to. Um, right, another just,
1: opportunity. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, Good. yeah, I look forward to that, doing that with you again. It's really a privilege. And again, thank you. Thank you for this yeah. time. Thank you. Hey, guys, isn't this amazing? What a great conversation with Jack. Thank you for joining us. I think you're going to have to go back and rewind, listen to it again, because there are so many nuggets of wisdom through this conversation. And I hope uh, it equipped you as you have your conversations with your loved ones over this holiday season and as we continue into 2021 with... um, COVID still here and with all the consequences of that. So there is hope and we can hold grief and hope at the same time. That's really the beauty of the gospel is that we um, we actually can hold both at the same time and hold it together. So God bless you. Thanks again. I look forward to seeing you again on our next interview. And please share this with those who you know uh, can benefit from this conversation. Uh, The only way it gets out is because you share with others, and I I hope it will be a blessing to them as well. God bless you.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, Jack, that was good. All right.
1: Yeah, I think that was good. Yeah. We did.